Greetings tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. We welcome you to this service. We're blessed people to be able to not only sing that song, but to be able to want to experience it with all of our hearts. Thank you all for coming and singing for us tonight. God bless you all. Certainly appreciate all the brothers that are coming each service and uh, making it available for, for you all. <clears throat> we uh, greet you tonight from the, um, an empty church again, empty of mainly human beings, but presence of God is here with us and we're certainly longing for the service and we can be together again. Um, I want to just comment a little bit about uh, when we might be able to regather. We're still waiting for a little further clarification as far as uh, I think the governor of Tennessee is going to make it a little bit more clear on the state of Tennessee uh, when we can be able to meet again. may not be full um, congregation. We may have to break it up in groups, and if that's what we need to do, we will. But the deacons have um, met together and are going to be sending everybody a, a letter. We'll also post it on the website, just kind of what we're expecting um, as far as how many we can see to take care of all that. So we're working on that now, and as soon as we have the finale, of course, from the governor, then we'll know how to, how to approach it that way. And as soon as we can make that happen, we will start having the services again. May have to break it up uh, by the alphabet, maybe <clears throat> A to G, I think they told me, and then the next group on down and the next group on down. Uh, but I think everybody should be so uh, longing in their heart to come to church, whatever we've got to do. If we've got to come in a hazmat suit, we'll do it, just to be able to assemble ourselves together again in the house of God. Uh, and we certainly appreciate those of you that have been praying and just asking God to move for our nation, for our world, and the situation that we're in. We know we're in terrible times, absolutely terrible times. I was reading today uh, during this pandemic, all that's going on, increase, great increase in divorce, great increase in alcohol consumption, gun sales, ammunition sales, uh, just so much fear, so much trauma, so much stuff that's going on around the world. And yet the Lord Jesus, by his grace, has kept us. And we're thankful for that. Not saying that Christians don't feel such things as that. But we're just grateful that we have a keeping power. So as soon as we're able to uh, know what we're going to do, I think the governor said by the end of the week, he would be able to make an announcement as far as kind of what their plans are for church services. So we may not be free to know what we'll do by Sunday, but maybe, maybe next Wednesday or Sunday, just as soon, I promise you, just as soon as we can, we'll start gathering together again. And uh, don't expect now it's going to be as it was before we left here, that everybody will be wide open and hugging necks and shaking hands. We, we probably won't be able to do that maybe for a bit. As I've said, Jesus and germs are everywhere. Jesus we want everywhere, germs we don't care for. So we want to wash our hands and do whatever we can do to try to keep them at bay. Uh, we don't want to start having church again and then somebody gets sick and then we have to stop having it again. So we do everything we can to be able to make it together. I hope every one of you just so long in to come together and see one another and be in the house of God. We just start a revival and my goodness, go on for, from now to the rapture, hopefully. God bless you. So I appreciate you. I just want to speak to you a little bit before Brother Darrell comes. Really honored to have Brother Darrell with us tonight <clears throat> to be able to speak for us what the Lord's placed on his heart. We could just stand together and maybe just sing only believe here if we can. What a great thing it is for us to be able to believe tonight. As Brother Darrell already mentioned and Brother Aaron as well, there's so many needs among our church family and so many needs that I'm hearing uh, from people around the world. 
I'm getting emails just about every every day, some days, and every other days on some days from India, from Africa, from different nations of the world. Um, we think it's hard on us, and, and it is. But yet, for many of those nations, this has been so difficult because many of those people work from day to day. They buy their food from day to day. So it's been a real, real devastating thing. So please remember our brothers and sisters around the world. And remember that we, we have needs, sure we do. But let's not only just think about our little world and all of our problems, but let's think about our other brothers and sisters that have been greatly affected by this. Many people have been going through lots and lots of things. But remember, all we have to do is just take him at his word. Only believe. that we have this evening that no matter what we face in life no matter what's going on in the world the situations or the circumstances we know that he is with us because he said he would be well brother there I, I, I don't feel him but he never one time ever said did you feel it 
But he did say, did you believe it? If thou can believe, all things are possible. Think of it, friends. He never asked us for money. He never asked us for this or that. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. The only thing that he ever asked for, it wasn't money, finances. He just said to believe. If thou can, that's the only thing he ever asked us to do was to believe him. Amen. If thou can believe. And I'm so happy tonight that we know what to believe. Amen. We live in a world of such confusion right now. And every state says this, the governor this, the president this, and nobody, just confusion. But I'm so glad tonight that we, we don't have fake news, but we've got the good news. Amen. And we know what to believe tonight. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And what a privileged people that we are. Amen. To, to know what to look for in this hour. He told us what to look for. And when we see these things come to pass, then we know exactly where we're at in time for these days. These scriptures are being fulfilled. And what a privilege it is to serve him tonight. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Luke. We want to read from Luke chapter 12, verse 6. We Certainly appreciate Brother Donnie giving us the opportunity to stand before you this evening, and we trust it'll be a blessing to you. It's just a simple little message, but I, I just wanted to, to come and just uh, take a moment of time and just share with you the, just how much God cares for us and how much that He loves us. And so I just trust it'll be a blessing to you. The Lord put it on our heart, and I was praying. I said, Lord, if you want me to deliver this message to your people just uh, let Brother Donnie ask me to preach, and so he did, and so we're going to. Amen. So we trust it will be a blessing to you. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and verse 7. Amen. May the Lord bless you richly. The Bible says this, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Amen. Two farthings, that's about a half a cent. Five sparrows sold for a half a cent. And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Amen. Let us bow our heads. I want to speak to you this evening just for a few minutes on not forgotten. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your presence that we just felt drop around us, Lord. God, we're so grateful to be able to be called your children, Lord. In such time of chaos around the world, God, we are so glad that you have spoke peace to us through your word, Lord. That your word brings us such comfort, dear God. For we know that man will fail us and governments will fail us and ideals will fail us and education will fail us. But your word will never fail, Lord. And Father, we're so glad tonight that we can hang our souls upon it knowing it'll do exactly what it says it'll do. So Lord, tonight as we bow in your great presence, Lord, we ask dear God that you would just take this simple thought and break it to the hearts of your children. Speak words of comfort to them, we pray, Lord. Oh, God, we serve such a great God tonight, and we count it such an honor, Lord, that we can, that we can brag on Papa just for a few minutes this evening. And Lord, we pray for the needs that are among us once again, Lord, that all around the world, and the text, Lord, and the different ones in need tonight. Oh, God of mercy, may you move upon each one, knowing, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. Bless the service now, Lord, with all that's done. May it be done for your glory. For we ask these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, brothers, and God bless you, saints, there streaming the service tonight. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Think of that, a, a sparrow, just a little bird, so insignificant in man's eyes that five of them is only worth a half a cent. And yet Jesus said, there's not one of them that is forgotten by God. And that word forgotten, it means it's neglected or uncared for. Not a one of them, no matter how insignificant that little bird would seem to be in the eyes of man, it is not neglected or uncared for by God. Because you see, our God, He's great. He's a great God. And He's so great that He cares for little things. And to me, that's what makes Him so great, is that He's so mindful of the little things. Amen. So we want to speak to you for a few minutes on not forgotten. You know, Brother Benham told the story one time of King George and how that he had went over to Canada and how they let all the school children out to see the king and they gave him a little British flag and they had a little song to sing when the king came by. And so as the king rode by, all the kids were singing and waving their flags. And when it was over, the kids went back to the classroom and they, that one of the teachers got to notice that one of the little girls was missing. And she goes back to find the little girl and they were searching frantically for this little girl. Where could she be? And they found her behind the telephone pole. And she was crying. And the teacher said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, ah, the, the king, I, he passed by. She said, well, did you see him? She said, yes, I saw the king. She said, well, honey, did you wave your flag? Yes, I waved my flag to him. He said, well, honey, did you sing your song? Yes, I sang my song. I waved my flag. She said, but honey, why are you crying? You saw the king. You sang your song. You waved. Why are you crying? She said, teacher, look at me. I'm so little. And when the king came by and all the crowd and everybody waving, I waved to the king. But he couldn't see me. And I wanted him to see me, but he couldn't see me because I was too short. I was too little. And the prophet of God said, that may be true for King George, but it's not true for our king. Amen. No matter how small, how insignificant we may seem to be, he sees us. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's not so with our king, he said. The least of the little things that we do, he sees it. He knows the very things and thoughts that's in your hearts. Whatever we do, what little it is, he sees it. He remembers. It's not forgotten. Jeremiah 2, 2 says, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem and say to them, thus saith the Lord, I remember thee. The kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousal, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. God said, I remember you. Every little thing that you do, every effort that you make, every tear that you cry, every prayer that you pray. God says, I remember you are not forgotten. But, but, but does God see great big things that people do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes we feel so insignificant. And that there's nothing that we can do compared to what other people have the ability to do. And yet it's the smallest things that we do 
that gets God's attention. Think about that tonight. The Bible says over in the book of Mark that Jesus sat against the treasury and the hell people came and cast money into the treasury and many that was rich cast in much. But the Bible said there come a certain poor widow and she only had two mites. And she came into the, where the treasury was and dropped her coins into the treasury. And the Bible said that Jesus called his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which cast into the treasury. For they did cast from their abundance, but she of her want, which is her desire, cast in all that she had, even all her living. Think of that. When everyone else that day was too busy, too busy to see this poor with a woman, I could just see her in my mind, gray-haired, wrinkled face, her shoulders stooped, perhaps fingers with arthritis from where she sold to get money. A little shawl around her shoulders, slipping into the treasury. And there's the man, you know, in our day uh, on their big iPhones 11 and just, yeah, I'll be there next week. We'll sign that big deal and just throw the money in. They didn't mean nothing to them. Just whatever they had in their pocket. But this little woman comes in. I can see a little change purse in her hand and just coming in just so meticulously and carefully to open it, to reach in because she was pulling out a treasure. It was to her, it was all she had. And she took it and slipped it into the treasury, closed her purse and quickly went out embarrassed, no doubt, Brother Michael, embarrassed because it was so small. But yet Jesus said, you see that woman? She cast in more than anybody. Because in her eyes, what was so insignificant, he knew it was all she could do. Amen. All we could ever do is give God our best. Amen. That's all God ever asked us to do, is to give him our all. We don't have to compare him against this brother or that brother or this minister. Just be what God made us. Amen. What seemed like nothing, perhaps some of the men would laugh. <laughs> Are you serious? But to her, it was everything. Brother Ram tells a story of this young woman who had a, uh, was standing at the door as he went out. And said she was standing out with a little baby. And said it got to crying during the service. And this woman wasn't a Christian, listen to this, she wasn't a Christian, but she didn't want the message to be interfered with. So she took her baby and slipped out so she wouldn't upset the service. And she was standing at the door. And the prophet said, when I walked by, she said, oh, I would have loved to heard that message. And something said to me, this is of God. And I said, lady, are you a Christian? She said, no, sir. Said, I hope to be sometime. Lovely looking little mother, he said, with a little baby in her arms. I said, he's here. Don't put it off too long. And there we bowed our heads together and prayed. And I asked God to take her soul. And at the end, when I got through praying, she said, amen. And she began to wipe the tears from her eyes. Why? It showed she cared. She wanted the message, though she couldn't get it. 
Maybe she wanted somebody else to get it, the prophet said. So she took her baby and slipped out because she wanted someone else to hear the word. And what did it do? The prophet said, what did that do? That little act of taking a crying baby out to keep the service from being interrupted. The prophet said God cared. So he had her standing right there, just exactly to the place to receive it. Because he cares. He knows how to work things just right. Her unselfish act caught God's attention. Because he sees the little things in our lives. Amen. Psalms 33, 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. As the old song says, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. We are not forgotten. Amen. We may seem like sometimes we ain't worth five birds, but in God's eyes. Amen. Amen. It's not what I see with my eyes. It's what he sees with his eyes. Amen. Remember, said those little things, uh, these things said the faithful and true witnesses. And I want to show you what I find this thought on faithful. He said, you know how often we talk about a great unchanging God whose word does not change. And when we speak of him after that manner, we often get a view of him that makes him seem very impersonal. Now, that word impersonal means without feeling or warmth, no connection or not connected. Sometimes as we look at these things about God whose word doesn't change and speak of him after that manner of what a great God he is, we get the view of him that makes him think, makes us feel like he's very impersonal. Like he's such a great big God. He has no time for me. Amen. As though he would be out of touch with us. As though he would be too busy to care for little old me. It's as though God, listen to this, it's as though God made the whole universe and all the laws that pertain to it and then stood back and became a great impersonal God. It's as though God made a way of salvation for lost of mankind, that way being the cross. And then when the death of Christ had atoned for our sins and his resurrection gave us an open door back to him, God just folded his arms and stood back. People get the idea he used all of his compassion on the cross. And there's no more left for us. All other ages received it. But now this is the seventh church age, the end of all the church ages. And he's run out of it or he's lost interest in us. He said it, it is if we majored in believing in a great creator who having created lost personal interest in his creation. Now I say that is how too many people are apt to think but that is wrong thinking so if you're thinking tonight that God don't love me God don't care for me he's not interested in me he's not interested in my affairs he don't care what I'm dealing with if you're thinking that tonight I'm telling you you're thinking the wrong thoughts you're listening to your enemy instead of the God who created you you see he never created us to forget us Oh, hallelujah. He never created you to forget you. The prophet said God is governing the affairs of men right now. He is both creator and sustainer. 
Amen. A sustainer is someone who upholds or maintains. He is the creator and the sustainer, amen. For him, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and behind, and by him all things consist. He is a sovereign God. By his own counsel, he purposed the plan of salvation of his own elect, which he foreknew. The Son died upon the cross to establish the means of salvation. And the Holy Spirit carefully executes the will of the Father. He is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his own will. He is right in the midst of it all. He is in the midst of his church. Oh, brother, now, what do you reckon God is? He's right here with us now. Amen. This great creator, Savior God, is faithfully working amongst his own right now as the great shepherd of the sheep. His very existence is for his own. He loves them and cares for them. His eye is ever upon them. They are not forgotten. Well, if that's true, Brother Dale. What about this virus? What about the economy? What about all this quarantine? Listen, friends, I'm not smart. I, I don't know anything about any of it. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand it. I don't know. But there's one thing I do know. It's working for our good. The Bible says, according to Romans 8:28, you know the scripture. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called, according to whose purpose? Not my purpose. His purpose, amen. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. I would, Brother Darrell, what about that? I don't know about the virus, but the one thing I do know, it's Satan that has a great punch in this virus, but God has got a great counterpunch. Amen. Amen. People are praying more. People are moving closer to God. Amen. I just talking to some of the brothers and I asked them if I could share a few things. Brother Doug Baker down in Tucson, Arizona, he was telling me they are reaching people. That they would have never reached otherwise had it not been for the coronavirus. By live streaming, people are texting him and coming online and leaving comments who would have never came to the church. Brother Jack Duff down in Florida was saying he has baptized four people since the pandemic went through Florida. Brother Lindsey McGrady over in North Carolina was telling me that a man who lives across the street from him whose wife and daughter came to the church, but the man never entered the door of the church. And his wife was live streaming in the living room, and the man was listening in his house. He sent Brother Lindsay a text and repented of his sins. He said, I want to get baptized as soon as I can get baptized. And Brother Lindsay, please pray that God will give me the Holy Ghost. And Brother Lindsay said he would have never come to this church had it not been for the live stream. That's something. Look at that. Brother Wendell Martin down in Oklahoma was telling me he's having drive-in church down there where they meet at a place and the cars drive up. I guess I need to pull out those bumper stickers, honk if you love Jesus, you know. 
But then they blow the horn for amen. I said, I guess if somebody needs prayer, they turn on the blinkers. I don't know. <laughs> had a big laugh. But he was telling me. said, every service we've had visitors. And a woman came to the service in her car with macular degeneration. He said she was having a hard time seeing and her eyes were swollen and they were hurt. Didn't go to the church. She just showed up for the service in her car. And while sitting in her car listening, something came over her and God touched her and healed her eyes instantly. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because God cares. Amen. No matter how chaotic it is, or no matter how chaotic they try to make it seem, God has it all in control. He is both creator and sustainer. Not only did he create us, but he keeps us. He maintains us. Amen. When the word says that your lives are hid with Christ in God, it means exactly what it says. Oh, I'm so glad that my God abides faithful. He is true to himself. He won't lie. He is true to his word. He will back it up. He is true to us. He will not lose none of us. But raise us up in the last days. I'm glad that I'm resting in his faithfulness. I'm glad I serve a God tonight. Who has not forgot me. Philippians 1.6 says. Being confident of this very thing. That he which begun a good work in you. Will perform it until that day. I think of that old gracious song. He cares for you. Through sunshine or shadows. He cares for you. He cares when the sun is shining. He cares when the rain is falling. He cares when you're healthy. He cares when you're sick he cares he knows everything about you you are not forgotten oh blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord he's above all the principalities of powers the prophet said amen the earth made him the lowest name that could be brought but God gave him the highest name that could be given the earth put him at the lowest as they could get him as the sinners in the grave but God raised him up in the highest so high till he has to look down to see heaven. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. He watches you. He knows every thought that's in your mind. He knows every action that you make. He knows everything about you. Why would God do that? This great big God. Why would he do that? Because he cares. He cares. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You see, he cared for the leopard when he was here on the earth, when nobody would touch the leopard. Down in the slime pits and the filth of the streets. As low as he could get. Everybody's afraid to get around. You talk about social distancing. It was more than six foot. Nobody would get around him. He was a leopard. He was an outcast, away from society, away from his church, away from his family, away from everything that was in the city. No one wanted nothing to do with him. If they'd done him anything, they just pitched him a piece of bread in the dirt. They wouldn't even hand it to him. Just throw it in the dirt like he was a dog. And he would get it out of the dirt and eat it. Because he was hungry. They wouldn't get near him. 
But when Jesus came, he cared for him. He walked right there where he was sitting. When even many of his disciples say, Lord, he's a leper. Don't touch him. Don't get near him. They hold their breath. Just put, where's, my, where's my N95 mask? Nobody would touch him. Nobody would get near him, Lord. Lord, that's a leopard, Lord. Don't get near him. But Jesus sat right there beside him, the prophet said. Put his arm around him. Why? Because he cared. He said, I will. I will. Be thou clean. When nothing else would care for that man. When nothing else, none of the community services, nobody would help this man. Yet Jesus cared for him. Oh God, think about it, friends. Think in your own life when he came to you, how he found you. And yet none of us was like this. And yet he went to that man because he cared. One day he was so weary, the prophet said he could hardly go. His head was hurt and he sat on the rock, groaning with a headache. And down the street come a funeral procession. And behind it was a little woman wailing before Jehovah. Oh, God, why did you take my baby? No doubt, Brother Aaron, she was scared. No doubt this boy was her means of, of, of survival. He was the one who paid the rent. He was the one who worked and made the money. And now her finances was gone. Her security was gone. Her son was gone. Everything was taken away from this woman. She was the only thing left in the world. Perhaps she had no other family. And no doubt some of her wailing wasn't just for her son. It was for herself. Because her world, her world had been stripped away from her in one moment's time. And she was heartbroken and she was crying, Oh, Java, why did you take my son? But he cared for that little, little woman. They stopped the funeral procession. With a headache, he got up, went and laid his hands on the boy, and said, son, rise up, take your mama home, because he cared for an insignificant little woman who had lost everything. He understands, he knows, as Brother Donnie's been so well preaching on it, he connosed himself. He become human so he could feel what we felt. He wanted to feel what it was to lose a friend. To feel what it was to be rejected, to be scorned, to be laughed at. He understands. We know by his life that he cares. He cares, cast your cares, your sorrow, cast it all upon him. When you lose your loved ones, he cares. He cares for the dead. He cares for those who have died in Christ. He cares for you, no matter how little you are, how insignificant you are, how poor you are, how indifferent you are, how sick you are, how many times you've tried, how many times you've failed. You see, he knows he knows every time you tried. He knows every time you failed. And yet he still cares. His love still knocks at our heart's door. No matter how many times, Brother Larry, we fail him. I got a call from a sister. She asked me not to use her name. But she was telling me that she had been away from God for years. 
She said, I got a call from a man. She was at work. She said, this man called into my work. He said, this man told me, said, last night I was praying and God spoke to me and told me, I, think, I, I trust I'm telling it right. Said he spoke to me and told me, you'll talk to someone on the phone tomorrow, a girl, and tell her this scripture. And the man was talking to this sister who has not been serving the Lord. She's cold on God. And the man was talking to her. He said, sis, he said, the, the Lord spoke to me last night. And said, he told me to give you this scripture. And she said, years ago, at the hardest time of my life, the Lord had given me a scripture. And as soon as the man said that, that the Lord had told him to give me a scripture, she said, I knew exactly what the scripture was. He said, the man began to quote Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. She said, there, I gave my heart back to God. And she's been streaming these services. Because no matter how far we've gone, no matter how many times we failed, he still knocks the heart's door you are not forgotten think of it a sparrow just a little bird so insignificant in a man's eyes that five of them is only worth a half a cent yet Jesus said there's not a one of them that's forgotten by God there's not a one of them neglected there's not a one of them uncared for by God a little insignificant sparrow. And yet Jesus said, you're more valuable than many, than many sparrows. The other morning, I woke up with a demon headache. About six o'clock in the morning, I woke up, my head was busting. I couldn't even lay in bed anymore. It was hurting so bad. So I got up and I went downstairs and I opened up my computer. And I started studying, but I couldn't sleep, so I went down there and my head was just busting. And I opened up the computer and I was just studying. I began to get so sick, I began to break out in a sweat. Sweat began to run down my face. I got queasy in my stomach. I thought, I'm going to vomit. You know, you've had those feelings, that old queasy feeling that comes over you. Sweat broke out all over my body. I closed my computer, I laid down on the couch. I said, oh God, I was so sick. I thought I need to lay down. And I began to pray. I asked God to help me. My head was hurting so bad. And while I was laying there, I got a text from Brother Robert Fisher in Poland, precious brother. And in this text was a video. Some of you have seen the video. It was of the man in Ireland who had been afflicted, I believe, with the coronavirus. And he was talking about his recovery. And he was saying that during his sickness, one night it was the worst night and he knew it was the first time that he realized I may die. He said, I was thinking, he said, I was having such a hard time breathing. He thought, I'm going to have to go on a ventilator. He said, I begin to realize that this may be my demise. This may be the end. He said, it was the worst night. Begin to realize I was going to die. The pressure of breathing was so great.
He said, I asked God to help me. He said, I began to pray. I began to talk to God. He said, I was in isolation. No family could get to me. I think of it sometimes my heart goes out. How these people, they go into the hospital with this virus and they die. And nobody's there. No family. And this man said, I was in isolation. My family couldn't see me. My pastor couldn't come and see me. Nobody could get to me. And I said, God, I need your help. I need help, God. And he said, the next morning, a cleaner, housekeeper, a cleaner came into my room. He said, other cleaners had been in the room to clean. But this one was different. He began to witness to me about God and how he had been a missionary for 14 years in Nigeria and how many lives had come to Christ under his ministry. And he began to talk about God and said, then he said, can I pray for you? And he said in his prayer, said, of course, he couldn't touch me. I was in isolation. He couldn't even get near me. But he asked God to spare my life. And he said later on that day, he came by the window Gave me a thumbs up. He said that night I began to turn around. I began to get better. And as I began to get better, he said, you, some of you saw the video, you know what I'm talking about. He said my appetite began to return. And he said I started craving. I have no idea what these are. But he said I started craving tato prawn cocktail crisp. Some kind of potato chip. Not a Doritos, not a Fritos, not a Lay's, but a Tato. That's the brand name, Tato. Has to be Ireland. And I looked it up. I, I, I was inquired, so I looked it up. There's other prawn cocktail chips, crisp, made by other companies, but he didn't ask for another company. He asked for this one, Tato prawn cocktail crisp. He said, God... If you could just get me some of them, God, it would mean so much to me, Lord. He said, God, is it possible? Only believe. God, is it possible that you could get me some tato prawn cocktail crisps and a Coke? If you're going to ask God for chips, you might as well get the Coke, too. He said, the next morning, the same cleaner shows up with the bag. And he puts it on the stand. He leaves. He said, when I opened up the bag, he said, in the bag was two oranges, a Coke, and a bag of Tato Prom cocktail crisp. Because you see, God cares for the little things. Even... Even in our lowest moments, you are not forgotten. I remember when Jessica couldn't swallow, and it made Cheryl so nervous because her spit from the accident, her brain was damaged. She, she couldn't swallow, and the saliva just ran out of her mouth, and the pillow stayed wet. Her hair stayed wet. She even broke out in a rash on her face because she was wet, and Cheryl was constantly trying to dry it. It would constantly run out of her mouth, and it made her so nervous. And one night, she was really down. I said, listen, honey, go home tonight and get some rest. I said, I promise you, I'll stay right here beside the bed. I won't leave her. She said, well, perhaps I will. She, I said, sure, go home and rest. I'll be right. I said, if anything happens, I'll call you. 
So long about midnight, just before midnight, Jessica had pneumonia. She vomited, sucked it into her lungs. So they was cleaning out her lungs. And so they came in to give her a breathing treatment. It was just a few, just, just a little bit before midnight, maybe a, a minute or less. And they, and they were sucking her out. And all of a sudden, I was standing there by her bed. And Jessica goes, <gasps> and she starts swallowing. So the next morning, I called Sharon. I said, honey, she said, how's she doing? I said, oh, she's doing good. I said, guess what? I said, she started swallowing last night. That's a big thing. Well, you, you never know. You take swallowing to granted until you have a kid that can't do it. It was a big thing. And Cheryl started crying. I said, she said, I guess you could see I was down. I said, yes. She said, said I couldn't, I couldn't or, or not be able to swallow it. Maybe so nervous. And she said, I asked God, God. Would you let my baby swallow just before midnight of tonight? And she said it was getting late. It looked like it wasn't going to happen. She said, I was just down. But God cares. Brother Bradley, God cares that just before midnight, he answered the prayer of a mother who was crying out for her baby who couldn't swallow. Amen. In his lowest moment, in this man's lowest moment, when nobody could get to him, God gave him some Tato Brown cocktail crisps. Because God cares. And we are not forgotten. Five sparrows for half a cent, yet not one of them is forgotten of God. How much more are you worth in his eyes? And while I was watching the video, I was so sick. And I raised my hands and I began to cry. And I thank God for his goodness to this man. I, I just said, Lord, I just thank you for doing that for that man. And while I was worshiping God, Brother Jared, he touched me. He touched me. My headache was immediately gone. I just raised up, Brother Aaron. I raised up. I got my computer. I opened it up. And I started studying. <laughs> because God cares. Thank heaven, saints. We serve a God who created billions upon billions of stars. And yet he knows every star by name. A God so great. Yet he cares for the little things of our life. He cares enough that at our lowest moment, he can send someone with a bag of two oranges, a Coke, and a Tato cocktail prom crisp. Think of that, friends. Think of that. How he cares for the little things of our life. Then why should I worry? Why should I fear? That very, that very same Jesus is always so near. I read a story one time in his mysterious ways in the guidepost of a little girl who was eight year old. Her mom and daddy were sharecroppers. And they worked the fields. And some of you can relate to this. She was the oldest child in the family. And because her mom and daddy had to work, she was the babysitter. 
of the little brothers and sisters and it was her birthday and they told their little girl if you'll take care of the kids when we come home from the fields we'll make you ice cream for your birthday because that's all she asked for for her birthday not an iPad, iPhone all she asked for was ice cream homemade ice cream and all day she waited little eight-year-old heart anticipating her birthday in ice cream poor sharecroppers traveling from one place just following the crops and that afternoon she saw her mom and daddy come in from the field she went running out on the porch and when they saw her and she saw them she realized and they realized they had forgot. They had forgot her ice cream. She looked at her mom and daddy and they said, well, he said, it was such a terrible day in the field. I'm so sorry, baby. It's just been a bad day. I'm so She said, I just busted into tears. I went running into the house. I shut the door. I fell out on the bed. She said, I felt so sorry for myself. And I began to cry out and just said, Jesus. I was good. I watched the kids. All I wanted for my birthday was ice cream. And she said, while I was laying there, said I heard a noise, but I just kept on crying. She said, I was just feeling so sorry for myself. I said, I heard a knock at the door. I said, it was my daddy. He said, Sarah, come here. She said, I said, leave me alone. You forgot my birthday. Said my daddy just come busting in the door. He said, Sarah, you've got to see this. Said he swept me off the bed, took me out on the porch. And the noise I heard, that while I was in there crying out to Jesus, it began to hail. A storm came up and it began to hail. And it held enough ice that mom and daddy picked it up and used the ice to make me ice cream for my birthday. He caused the storm to come up. Wouldn't it be something that some of the storms in our life is just so he could give us a little ice cream? Oh God. If he cares enough to give this little girl ice cream on her birthday, doesn't he care to give you enough? Doesn't he care enough to give you whatever you have need of? Isn't God big enough to do that tonight? Because we are not forgotten. Isaiah 49, 15 says, Can a woman forget her suckling child? Though she, though she not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget, he says. They may, a mother may forget her child. But I will not forget thee. Remember, talked about that boy down in Memphis that was dying. He went out and got a social disease. He was dying of syphilis. He said, I, I walked into the woman's house, led there by the Holy Spirit. You know the story. So when I went in, he said, I've been in King's Palace, but I never felt more at home than I did in that little woman's house. Above the door, it said, God bless this home. And she said, I, I, I don't want, she says, I'm Brother Benham. I pray for the sick. You ever heard of me? No, sir, I ain't never heard. She didn't know Brother Benham from Adam, but she knew God. And she got a hold of God. And God got a hold of his prophet and sent his prophet to her house. But she said, sir, I'm not interested in being healed. I want him to be saved. 
Brother Ben said he went into the room and there laid that boy, about 18 year old, laying there and said he was going, uh, uh, Mom, Mom, it's, it's so cold. She said he thinks he's out on the sea somewhere lost. And Brother Ben said, she said, patting him on the foot and he was going, Mom. She said, what does Mama's baby want? And Brother Ben said, that's right. No matter what he got out, got into, no matter how much disgrace he bring to the family, he was still mama's baby. Amen. And I thought the love of a mother can go like that. What will the love of God do? Though a mother may forget her suckling child, yet God said, I can never forget you. I can never forget you. Your names are engraved in the palms of my hands. So how could God ever forsake us or anything as long as he loves us like that? Brother Larry, as long as God loves me like that, how could I ever be concerned about anything that was to come into my life? I would have to believe that somehow the God who loves me that much has to be using that for my good some way, somehow. Though I don't understand it, but you see, he never asked us to understand. He just asked us to trust him. Amen. Amen. Brother Ben said, if you can't forget your suckling babe, no matter, no matter what it's done, how much more can God not forget you? Your names are engraved on the palms of my hand. A mother may forget her suckling babe, but never will I forget you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far back you've gone, no matter how much you've got into, God still loves you. God loves you. Just keep moving on. You mess up, get up, knock the dust off, make it right, go on. Isaiah says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Those walls refer to the walls of Jerusalem, which figuratively speaking of health and strength and prosperity and security of God's people. That God, what's he saying? What's God saying? Your walls are ever before me. God is saying that you're always, I'm always mindful of your condition. I'm always mindful of my people. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in the world, I am mindful of my people. Do you know how a shepherd tells his sheep from the other sheep? All kinds of sheep are branded. How can the shepherd tell his sheep from the other sheep? Because they take the sheep and they brand them. And when they've branded the last sheep, according to the story that I, that, I, that I looked up and from what I understand, that when the last sheep is branded, that the shepherd holds out his hand. And they take the brand and they brand it into the palm of the shepherd's hand. And he bears in his hand the image of the mark of the sheep. So that if someone says, hey, that's my sheep. That belongs to me. He can hold out his hand. Say, you see the scar? That's my sheep. They belong to me. They are mine. All that my Father has given me will come and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. The other day I was thinking, when I was looking at that and I was studying on this message and I thought, how that must hurt. Can you imagine holding out your hand on a turkey track or triple diamond and it? I thought, oh my God, can you imagine the pain? 
And I was out burning a brush ball. He was. Be careful what you wonder about. All right, Dave. I was out burning this brush ball, and half in and half out was a pine branch, one of those pine twigs. And half of it was sticking out, but half of it was burning. And I thought, well, I'll pick it up and pitch it in the fire. And when I picked it up, I didn't realize it was burning on that end, but the steam of the moisture was coming out the other end. And I picked it up. It burnt me so bad right in the palm of my hand. Maybe some of you brothers can see the mark right there. In the palm of my hand. Oh, my Lord. That hurt. That hurt real bad. It wasn't but just a few minutes. A big old blister came up. But you know what I found out? Ever since I have burnt my hand, you know what I've done? I have constantly looked at it, right. rubbed it, right. paid attention to it. And I thought, that's right. He's not branded in the foot. He's not branded in the back. He's branded in the palm of his hand. Your, your face is ever before him because he's aware. Every time he looks at his hands, he sees you. I sat here the other night when Brother Donnie was preaching, just rubbing on it. I look at it all the time. I touch it. It's tender. It's salt. I look at it. It makes, what did it do? That brand, it made them aware. When Jesus said, your name's in the grave, in the palms of his hands, when he sees those nail scars. You see, when that Roman soldier was driving that nail in his hand, what he was really doing was writing your name. And every time he looks at that nail print, he sees Aaron, he sees Donnie, he sees Harry, he sees Larry, he sees Brad, he sees Michael, he sees Joe, he sees me. <laughs> I tell you, that's been about four weeks ago that I burnt my hand. But I promise you, I have not forgot it. That nail print in his hand. It may have been 2,000 years ago, but he's still mindful. He paid the price for you. You are much more. You are much more valuable to him than sparrows. Lord, do you love me? How much do you love me, Lord? I love you this much. He stretched out his hands and he died. Amen. I'll never forget you. I'll never forget you. The shepherd carries the mark of his sheep in his hand. Every true believer, the prophet said, is in the hand of God. We're not in his pocket. We're not on the shelf. I've loose things in my pocket. At my age, I lose things in my pocket. I'm not in his pocket. I'm not on his bookshelf. I'm not in his vault. I'm in his hand. Every true believer is in the hand of God. He can draw from his love and his power and receive full benefit of all that God is to the believer. What God gives the messenger and how he uses and blesses the messenger is an example to all believers of his goodness and care to all members of his body. We are in his hands. Our names are engraved there by Roman nails. Every time he sees his hands, he sees.
No matter how we feel, no matter what we face, no matter how much the storm rages, no matter how bad our head hurts, no matter what the doctor's report would say, no matter how bad of a week you may have had, you are in his hand. He knows your name. He knows your outcome. He knows everything about you. Think of that tonight. You are not neglected or uncared for. If God cares for little birds that are sold for a half a cent, how much more would he care for you when he purchased your salvation with his very blood and life? Just how much he cares. Do you love him tonight? You know, one of my favorite Bible scriptures is a closing. I tell you this for the glory of God. God knows I do. It's only for his glory. One of my favorite Bible scriptures in the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. I quote it a lot of times. I preach out of it a lot of times. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. God says, I know. You may not know. You may not understand, but I know exactly what I think about you. I know your outcome. Amen. Here a few years ago, I was preaching down in Cottonwood, Arizona, for Brother Chris Long. I had the morning service, a Saturday morning. I woke up that morning, and I had one of them headaches I was talking about. I don't have them too often, but when I have them, when they're migraine, they're, they're, they're just terrible headaches. And I woke up that morning, I had to preach, and I had one of them headaches, and I was so sick. And Brother Dale Smith, he called me and said, hey, you want to go grab a cup of coffee before service? I said, Brother Dale, man, I, I said, I'm so sick, I can, I can hardly even stand up this morning. I said, i got to preach in a little bit. And I said, buddy, just, I, I think I'm going to pass, but thank you for asking. Well, just, just a few minutes as I knock at my door and I open the door, and it was Brother Dale. He just reached in and prayed for me and had me a cup of coffee anyway. I said, thank you, buddy. So I went to preach and got to preaching. Brother Donnie, some of you brothers that minister, you know how it is. You get under the anointing. The headache left me. I said, praise God, it was gone. But I was so sick in the hotel room. God knows it's the truth. I got up. I put one leg in my, in my britches. And I had to lay back down on the bed because I was sweating. I was so sick. And I laid there for a few minutes. And I got up and put the other leg. Got up and put my shoes on with the service. And I got to preaching. It kind of went away. I said, thank God, it's, it's gone. It went away. So the brothers was meeting up in Flagstaff a little bit later on. I said, I'll come on up. I went back to the room. I was just kind of a little bit tired and weak from the headache. And I got back to the room and laid down, slept a little bit. I got up and the headache started coming back, but it wasn't as bad. It was still there. And I started up the road because I told the brothers I would go up. I didn't really feel like going, but I thought, well, I better go. And I was going up the road. And I'll just be honest with you, friends. I got to whining. I was the biggest baby. <laughs> when you're by yourself, I guess you can do that. But I was just a whining. I didn't feel good. My head was hurting. I was homesick. I hadn't seen my girls. I was going up the road and I just began to whine. I said, God, do you even know I'm out here, Lord? I said, am I, am I doing any good? I said, maybe I should just go home and sit down. And I just whine and just talking to the Lord going up the road up 89A towards, towards Sedona. And I saw a sign that said scenic view one mile. But I just love those red rock out there. I just love to sit out there and look at them. 
I thought, I'll just pull in there and look at those rocks. And so I pulled in. When I pulled into this rest area, it looked like I hadn't been touched in a year. And all, everything growed up. Old cups laying around everywhere. I, and I'm closing. The, close, stuff laying around everywhere has grown up, hadn't been mowed, hadn't been weed-eated. Could have used your service, Brother Aaron, I suppose. And so I parked the car, and I was looking, and there was a little concrete bench there. And so I thought, you know, I'll just sit on that bench. And I, so I got out, and I sat down on the bench. And I began to talk to God. I begin to whine again. I just, just a big old baby. I just admitted. I said, Lord, am I doing any good? Maybe I should just go home and sit down. I'm getting old. I can't run like I used to run. I said, do you even know I'm out? Do you even know I exist, Lord? Just a whining. When I got done praying, I looked beside me. Just looking around and laying beside me was a coin. And when I first saw it, I, I thought it was in the concrete like somebody would put in memory of like they'd made that bench for somebody that died and they had a little memorial tag there, you know. But when I touched it, it moved, so I picked it up. And when I picked it up on the front of the coin, it was Jeremiah 1.5 of the New International Version, but it was just a portion of the scripture. It wasn't even the whole scripture. It was just a part of it. And I picked it up and I looked at it and it said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I turned to Brother Larry on the other side of the coin. It was Jeremiah 29 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you. You see, friends, even when an old whiny preacher whines like a baby, God still cares enough to call somebody. To lay a little coin on a bench. <laughs> to encourage someone. Who needed encouragement. Because our God. Lord Jerry does not forget us. No matter what we're going through. You brothers God. No matter what we face in life. God does not forget us. Amen. Not forgotten. Not forgotten. Oh, friends, tonight, let's just bow our heads just for a moment. I know it's just a simple thought, and, but the Lord put this on my heart, and I said, Lord, if, if you want me to preach this message, if you'll Open the door for me, I'll do it. So I've been obedient to that tonight. And it may not have been for you, but maybe it's for someone streaming, maybe someone going down the road, maybe, maybe it's someone in South Africa, someone in Poland, somewhere in Brazil, someone in Jonesboro. It may not be for anybody in this listening tonight, but you, it just may be only for you, but that's how much God cares. That it would cause a man to study out a thought. To bring those words to you. To let you know. You may feel like God's forgot you because you've been so sick. You may feel like God don't care because you've sought him and sought him. And you've prayed and you've prayed. And it seems like nothing's changed. But I want you to know tonight. He's not forgot you. He's heard every prayer. He saw every tear. He knows every heartache, every fear. 
He cares. When no one else would care for us. He knows our name. Oh, maybe it's wherever you maybe you're backslid on God tonight. Maybe you're like that sister that I was talking about, that God cared enough for her to put on a man's heart a stranger that would call her on the phone and tell her, God told me to give this scripture to you. That's how much you care. As you see, God knows your cell phone number. He knows everything about you tonight. So maybe you're worried about your job. He knows about your job. You know, a brother's telling me he walked off his job because they wanted him to quit going to church. He had just has a small group of people, less than 10. Wasn't breaking no laws, no more than 10 gathered. Only got eight in his church. They kept health and service. And at work, they said, if you don't, you can't come to work if you go to church. So the brother said, well, if I can't come to work and go to church, then I'll go to church instead of come to work. And he walked off the job. He told me God gave him a better job. He starts in just a few weeks. So don't worry about your job. You, don't worry about those things. Just look to the God who, not, who created the heavens and the earth, who created the star, who knows every star by name. Just look to Him tonight. He cares. And if this message is for you, if you're cold on God, right there where you're at. If you're driving the car, just pull off the road. Put on your blinkers. Just bow your head to Him. Just surrender to Him, would you? Come on back to the foe. If you're listening out and you're lost, you just stumbled upon this service. And you don't know me from Adam, but God knows you. He spoke to your heart tonight, wherever you're at. Won't you just kneel down? Just surrender to the God who knows you tonight. Who paid such a price for your fellowship. If you're sick tonight... Don't look to your sickness. Look to your healer and believe tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this coin. Lord, at the time when it seemed I needed it the most, Lord, he was mindful. And I thank you for that, Lord. And God, if you care enough to give a little girl ice cream, if you care enough to give an old whiny preacher a coin, and God, I know you care enough tonight for the needs of the people who are listening to this service. And by the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave, and by that same anointing tonight that gave Jessica back to me, may that same anointing in the name of Jesus Christ move upon every heart, God. Every sinner, Lord, that repents that this voice of these words, God, tonight, receive their souls, God, I pray. Every sick person that reaches out to you tonight and that believes, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, may the sickness leave them, Lord. As the man who craved the potato chips, God. Lord, maybe they're at a place that nobody else can get to them, but you can get to them, Lord. May you touch them tonight, I pray. Oh, God, I am so grateful tonight. Lord, that the mayor of Johnson City, he don't know me, Lord. Governor Lee, the governor of Tennessee, 
Lord, he wouldn't know me if I standing beside him. President Donald Trump, Lord, he don't know nothing about me. But Lord, the God who created the heavens and the earth, you know my name, Lord. And I thank you for that tonight. Lord, that you care enough for little birds, how much more do you care for us that ever the hair on our head is numbered? How we thank you tonight, Lord. Touch your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song, Brother Harry. He knows my name tonight. Counts the stars one and all. Knows how much sand is on the shore. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything. Of all creatures, great and small. He knows my name. Every step that I take. Every move that I make, every tear that I cry, oh, He knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by the pain, I can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine, cause He knows my name.
Sister Becky. He knows your name, Brother Eugene. <laughs> he knows your name. Angie Brown, he knows your name tonight. He knows all about you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Brother Harry, let's sing some more of that. That's so good. Let's just sing some more of that. Let's lift your hands to him now as we sing it. Don't look at your problems. Don't look at the doctor's report. Don't look at the coronavirus. Oh, look at the good news tonight. Christ loves you. He died for you. By his stripes you were healed. Just look to him tonight. Let him love the hurt away. Let him love the fear away. Let him love the pain away. Amen. Amen. I don't know what tomorrow may bring. I can't tell you what's in store. I don't know a lot of things. I don't have all the answers to the questions in life. But I know in whom I love me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. How we love you tonight. Brother Harry, sing that song you sang over the weekend about the love of God. You sing it so well, amen. Amen. Nobody loves me like you do. I think it's a song. Amen. Amen. Morning, I see you in the sunrise every morning. It's like a picture that you've
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I trust you and enjoy the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. So so appreciate Brother Darrell tonight. Amen. I'm going to let Brother Harry just sing you a little bit more of that. Amen. If he would, just worship the Lord a little bit tonight. I'm going to let Brother Harry sing that as you're dismissed tonight. Amen. From this service, but not from his presence. Amen. I trust that everyone's doing well at home. Amen. Just trust, longing for the day that we can gather together again. Amen. And worship the Lord. But as, as the government permits, this is what we'll do from now for now so amen we just thank you for being with us tonight amen Brother morning I see you in the sunrise every morning it's like a picture that you paint i uh-huh.